Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, May 8th, 2021. It's just after 3.30 UTC as we're starting to record. I am Sam Minter and Yvonne Yvonne Bo is with me again today. Hello, Yvonne. I can say your name. Hello. That would would be, yes. Are you sure you got my name? It's it's Boo, right? Yvonne Boo? Yeah. Or uh, Ivan Boo? Yvonne Boo? Yes. Well, it was Boo. Well, I, I have explained this, right? That it was Boo. Yes, you, I think you have explained this. And then at some point in your family's history, they changed. Correct. Yes, but it was it was Boo. So, you know, there is a town for, you know, for that is called, you know, it, uh, it's the it's close to uh, it's in the southern part of France, close to uh, uh Close to Spain on mm-hmm. that side, uh, called uh, it's called. Uh, 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 my understanding is it's pronounced Porto Boo. Okay, so it's it, you know so that's uh, Port Boo. Uh, it's Porto Boo, right? There you go. And so if you look it up on the map, you'll you'll. And that that's you where your family's from. Yes, that's my understanding. That's really where we are originally uh, from. So um, you know it's. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, there, there you go. So we're going to be doing the thing we usually do where we alternate topics. Uh, we've usually lately been doing four, uh, but we'll alternate until we feel we are done and how long that'll take depends on how long the topics are. So if we do any really short topics, maybe we'll do more, but if we do what we've been usually doing, we'll end up doing four, one from, or two from each of us. Yes. Okay, correction, correction. It is, it is in, it is in northern Spain. It's not in, not, not in France. It, and it's Port Boo, all one, all one word. So, okay, so, uh, given all that, I mean, I'm going to not count you discussing where your family came from as a topic. Count it. So, do you want to start? What do you want to your first? What, what's the first topic? This has been another like, not really. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of news. I mean, there was news this week, but it wasn't like crazy news. It wasn't like things blowing up every few minutes. I I don't know. Oh. Well, we have a you know the 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 the. the I mean, we we well, we don't have uh the things have changed. Now there are some people that really don't believe things have changed. I I must say, like how like how what do you, what do you mean? Is this your topic? Oh boy. Well, uh, I, well, I was seeing this, this thing about, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if this is a topic, but it's just a mention. Somebody posted like, and I've seen a number of, of people with this, like some guy with a bus that was painted saying, you know, Trump, Pence, 2024, Ivanka for president, all on the side of a bus. I mean, a big bus. I mean, whoever, I mean, this guy must have spent a lot of money in putting this together. You understand what I'm saying? And so, and it's not the only person that there's these people waving these flags and, and really, uh, up in arms about everything, I guess. I, I don't know. Well, these people have been angry for a long time. So yeah, they're not, you know, they're, they're really still pissed off. And, you know, we've had a whole bunch of the Florida signed a, a bill on the, Election restrictions and certain things, which I think that the way that 
this idiot's crafted it. It's going to backfire on their ass because they're they're restricting basically. The, yes, they restricted voting that this time Democrats used mostly, but that in the normal times it's the opposite. Okay, so is is our topic going to be basically the the Trump cult? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And so. So. I, I'm I'm trying to make something coherent out of the m- random things you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Trump cult. There's a whole bunch of because there's a whole bunch of stuff related to this. There's the whole Liz Cheney mm-hmm. thing where they're trying to kick her out because she basically just you know uh, won't just you know kiss the ring. I mean because it's all about kissing the ring. The the election law thing is really about kissing the ring on the lie about the election mm-hmm. because if you don't believe the lie. Now you're not a Republican, okay? And so that's apparently part of the Republican current litmus test. And, yeah, but but again, it, it, you know, th- this this whole thing that Florida passed is, I, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Because they're, they're so intent on kissing the ring on the lie that they're, you know, they're completely... They're you know, screwing themselves. Screwing themselves. Because in normal times... The people who in Florida have used most, mostly the absentee ballots are people that are non people that aren't don't reside here year round, and most of those people are retired older folks. Mm. Okay, that tend to be Republican because they go and they leave during the summer when it gets too hot, and then they come back like late November, early December for, for winter, you know, they're, they're, they're snowbirds, or as my wife likes to call them, angry birds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they're here during that time, and then they go back. So they tend to be away for a number of those elections, okay? And so, uh, but, they're, but they're mostly Florida residents, so they, they request absentee ballots in, in large numbers. And, and uh, or, or people that are older... You know, maybe it's more difficult for them to get a ballot box. And so those are the people that have tended historically to get those. And so now, okay, so last time, you know, we had the pandemic. And so we had this event where this happened. And if you think that, you know, two years from now or still, you know, in 2022, maybe maybe that'll still be the case where maybe, you know, this could be. Uh, a factor still into 2022 because, you know, other issues that we've had with the rollout and really achieving uh, herd immunity, but it's not going to be the same issue as it was in 2020. And so, and it, it, you know, so I, I don't see how the, the, the you know, the, and it's just that the entire thing is just surrounding the cult of the tr- Trump and the lie. And it's like, whether it's the stupid buses whether it's doing this moronic supposed audit of the vote in Arizona, yeah. uh, whether it's Liz Cheney not towing the line, with, whether it's all these people coming over to Mar-a-Lago and apparently, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, to come visit him here and then apparently, you know, he's going to do this thing where I guess in the summer he's going to do like the Angry Birds, as I mentioned, and he's going to go up to Jersey and apparently he wants to to live in his country club. And then you got Ted Cruz going on about how the Republicans are the party of the blue collar worker and not the country club when they actually elected a motherfucker that lives in a country club. Literally, literally, Sam, this guy literally lives in a fucking country club. 
I don't know. I, this is I, I don't know anybody ever that I know before that lives at a country club that isn't really a, that isn't a resort. Okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's not like it's a development with like condos and houses. This guy lives at the fucking country club. I, look, I mean, this is the reality of the GOP today. Um, it it is now one hundred percent Trump. I mean. Yes, you have a few remnants like Liz Cheney and Romney and such, but they really are remnants. I mean, the GOP kicking Cheney out of leadership. Frankly, on the one hand, you can say, look, they're they're kicking her out just for telling the truth, blah, 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 which is absolutely true. However, the reality is she does not represent the party as it is today. She is not a match. She shouldn't be in that party's leadership. That party has rejected truth. Well, let me ask. Okay, I, I guess the, the question is simply because the, I mean, so let's be clear, right? Because we identify right now a current, the a current Republican right now is basically just somebody that just kisses Trump's ass. I mean, there's. There's no room for anybody who disagrees in any way, shape, or form with anything that Trump says. So if, even if you're, you, eh, I want to. There's a slight correction to that. Okay, you can disagree as long as you shut the fuck up about it. No, no, no. You cannot openly disagree with it. That's what I'm saying. You can't go and say, "Hey, I am for low taxes. I am against." Uh, you know, welfare, you know, the, the this unemployment benefits, but I believe the election was correct. That disqualifies you completely as being a Republican, correct? Well, see, here, he, no, see, here's the thing. Both Cheney and, for that matter, McConnell essentially said that exact same thing. Lindsey Graham said that kind of thing yeah. in January, right after the event. But, you know, when they let Cheney stay on in leadership, Sort of the implicit deal was like, okay, you said what you said, now shut the fuck up. Okay? Uh, so the fact that they said it, they were willing to tolerate that. The fact that they, that she specifically, unlike McConnell um, and Graham and all these other folks, kept saying it uh, is what is what killed them, right? Because what they wanted to do, what the Republicans wanted to do, uh, is basically immediately put all this stuff behind them and, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of let's forget about it. Let's move on. And what Liz Cheney was doing was not letting them move on. You know, she was making comments as recently as last week saying anybody who, uh, was part of that effort to, uh, not validate the election results on January 6th should be disqualified from even c- being considered to run for president. And of course, there are several prominent senators and a whole bunch of uh, uh, Congress people who were involved in that. I mean, it was the majority of the damn caucus, you know? And so, yeah, she wasn't letting them move on. And even like Romney, like who obviously voted for impeachment twice, um, has basically been quiet, you know, and not saying but anything. They, but I, I, I get, I think uh, so. It's just that her, the intensity of what she, of how she is carrying, is that what you're saying? It's just, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's the fact that she, if she had said it once, 
she, you know, she obviously voted for impeachment. That was the big thing that spurred the first attempt to get rid of her. But, you know, she won that one. If she had shut up and never said a thing again, then she'd probably still be fine today. But look, there are people targeting. Listen, the only reason they're not targeting Romney or any of these other people is just simply because they they just recently got their terms. They they can't do they can't do anything about those folks. The 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 count the counter to what I just said as well um, is that I've seen some reports that part of the reason that they are after Cheney in this way is specifically because Trump wants it. Right. Yeah. So again, it goes back that this is just you know. This is all about him. And also, I'll say Cheney, it sounds like at this point, wants it herself. She she knows she's out. She knows these actions would result in her being out. But she wants to take a stand. She wants to go out on principle, essentially. And maybe she feels like she can make more of a difference outside. Like, being outside of leadership may free her up further. I think to some degree, like, you know, with all of this... As long as they're, yes, I'm still a Republican, I want to reform the party from the inside, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ain't happening. That, that, that ship has sailed. That, the time to do something like that was in 2015 when the party should have not even let him participate in the debates and otherwise, you know, done a coordinated thing to to beat him in the primaries. Like we remember back in 2015 where, or early 2016, where nobody was dropping out and all of this and gave him an opportunity. Yeah. That was the time. Like if you were going to excise Trump from the Republican party, you had to do it like back then. Now, no, I'm sorry. He has taken full and total control of the party. And anybody who is not towing that line, I'm sorry. Like, you're deluding yourself if you want to try to reform the Republicans from in- inside or something. You basically got two choices. Work with the Democrats, start another party, or just, I guess the third choice is just relegate yourself to the wilderness of irrelevance, you know? And I don't know how people like Liz Cheney are going to work out, but like the the Never Trumpers lost. They lost. And... There is no place for them in today's Republican Party. They lost in the GOP, inside the GOP. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And they have very little influence outside the GOP either. Like, they're not, they're not comfortable in the Democrats either, right? You know? Right. They, 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 they hate many of the ideas that the Democrats have. I mean, for the most part, the, I mean, you take what Biden has been doing, it's as he's been elected. I think that they're, you know, they're probably opposed to a significant percentage of it. I've got to say over 50% for sure. So, um, you know, it, it leaves them in a, in, in, in no man's land now here, but, but, but here's the other thing about this. It's just that policy doesn't matter really in this case. No. Perfect example. The person that they are, looking at um, replacing Liz Cheney in the third spot in the Republican leadership is Elise Stefanik. Stefanik? Something like that. Anyway, I'm looking at uh, something that um, G. Elliott Morris tweeted, but it comes from The Economist, uh, where where he writes, I believe, uh, looking at 
the ratings of the current House Republican caucus on a scale from least conservative to most conservative, okay? And Liz Cheney was right about in the middle of the Republican caucus in terms of, you know, where she was on that traditional scale, okay? Her replacement, Elise Stefanik, is one of the least conservative members of the House, in terms of actual policy stuff, in terms of the traditional, like, you know, deficits and defense and, you know, all the usual things that, like, 20 years ago we would have said are the staples of Republican policy. Uh, you know, she's the mo one of the most moderate people in the damn house. But she is 100% on board. She is on the Trump train. She is pro-Trump. She is the election was stolen. There was voter fraud. There was all this stuff. And and boom. So there you go. The policy does not matter at all. This is not the Republican Party becoming more conservative in any traditional view of that word. It's the Republican Party becoming more and more of a personality cult, more and more authoritarian, you know. Hell, hell, might as well just say it more and more fascist. You know, it's, 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 it, that's the direction it's going. It is not a traditional left right policy thing at all. I mean, they use, they still use some of those words and they'll tell you about how the Democrats are all socialists or whatever, but that's not really the dimension that this policy battle is. It, no, it's not policy. That is not the dimension this battle is on. Yep. It's not about policy. I mean, a lot of the things, I mean, if you heard Trump talk, I mean, he was for a whole bunch of things that, that traditional GOP were just... Back, back in 2016, we talked a lot about how on a policy spectrum in some areas, Donald Trump appeared to be left of Hillary Clinton, you know, and that it was sort of on a pure, like... Policy scale, he was actually relatively moderate on a whole bunch of issues. Um, but again, that's not the dimension that matters here because it's not a policy thing at all. I mean, wherever policy came in during the Trump administration was not driven by Trump himself. Like, you know, the 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 big a Trump tax cut or whatever, that wasn't Trump. That was freaking Paul Ryan. And not just that, but it was hugely unpopular, which is the worst thing. Trump's approval ratings hit their worst when he signed that stupid tax bill. Yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. Uh, you know, Trump's brand is Trump and 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 culture wars, basically. That's it. It's not policy. Unless you consider a culture war a policy. Well, culture war is kind of at least policy adjacent, but even that in the Trump world is instrumental. It's not like Trump himself actually believes anything one way or another or cares. Right. It's like, what can he use to achieve influence and power and money for himself? You know, so like, you know, just on culture war issues, for instance, uh, prior to his presidency, you know, Trump made a whole bunch of sort of... Uh, you know, LGBTQ positive statements. Right. You know, did his administration actually reflect that in any way? No. No. Because it, it wasn't something that would help him at that stage. Uh, but whereas a lot of his party, of course, wants to go the other direction. Um, 
yeah. I mean, I don't know how much there is more to say about this. I, I mean, I think the Liz Cheney thing is sort of the the crystallizing bit that sort of closes the door almost on this chapter in terms of, is there a real place for anti-Trump Republicans? And the answer is no, not, not in the the elected office anyway. Um, I mean, there, there's literally a handful of them left in Congress and they are increasingly um, irrelevant as time goes on. Yep. 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 So, um, Anything else on this? I, I guess. I mean, I guess the you started with sort of the non-elected Trump cult, and that still continues. I mean, uh, yeah, the people with the trucks and the flags and the signs and all this kind of stuff. Nope, they're not. They're not letting go. They're they're not letting go. I, I mean, the thing is, it's just uh, it's a cult. There, there's nothing else around it. It's a cult. That's all it is. I mean, this is it, so it's it's until he dies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're stuck with this Trump cult, like right now. Well, I, I saw a report in the last couple days somewhere that uh, Trump's planning on resuming doing rallies sometime this summer. <laughs> I mean, it's just I mean these fucking rallies. I mean, it's just you know you want to talk you want to talk about you know. Something just to feed him his ego. I mean, it's it's that shit. This is all about just you know feeding his ego. Yeah. And and so of course the, the question is gonna loom over everything until he comes out and says one way or another, you know, is he gonna run again? Uh, yeah he's not gonna bring pence along for the second run is he oh no no is it gonna be trump ivanka i i doubt it'll be ivanka but there are other names being tossed around as usual people are talking about nikki haley people are talking about this people are talking about that you know n- no it won't be why are you doubting ivanka i mean i mean i would say i mean it, it really you really <laughs> doubt it you really what wasn't she gonna run for senate or something I I think I heard she backed off of that for some reason. Yeah, she did. She did. Um, but yeah. Th- I mean, is it that far-fetched that he would run with Ivanka as his running mate? No. <laughs> exactly. It's just, no, it's not. Yeah. Uh, he, he can do whatever. He, he can do anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think we've talked before about, like, him sort of milking this will he won't he thing before actually saying one way or another because you know the 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 actual i mean he wants to maximize income out of this he wants to maximize attention out of it how do you do those things you keep people guessing as long as possible before jumping in and then you make a thing and and you know look there are a whole bunch of other republicans thinking about running for president who you know are playing up the, you know, election was stolen, Trump train stuff, but actually want him not to so they can run. But, you know, if he says, you know, basically, as long as he doesn't say anything, the field is somewhat frozen because none of those people are going to jump in and say, I'm running if they don't know yet if he's going to. And 
And then meanwhile, once, if he says he is running, then a whole bunch of those people are going to back off and not run and decide they're going to wait another four years. You know, uh, so Trump is completely in control of this process at this point, because, you know, when when people look at, you know, I know it's super, super early, blah, 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 blah. But we're still at the moment, whenever you see a, a role for 2024 primaries, if Trump is included, he's at the top of the list by a decent margin. And then this field is split like a thousand ways amongst everybody else. Um, so it's his if he wants it. Um, and, and if his health holds up and all that kind of stuff, you know, which is, you know, it's unclear what will actually, you know, if four years is a long time, I guess it's only (laughs) the, the kickoff of the 2024 campaign is of course, right after November, 2022. And now we're, it's really only a year and a half away. It's not four years. I know. You know, I know it's, it's, um, it's coming fast. Yeah. You know, I, I, I will mention this actually. Um, while there have been a number of national polls, I actually saw the first state poll for Biden versus Trump in 2024, like a, a week and a half ago or so. Oh, for God's sakes. Uh, now, I haven't stood up my election graph site for 2024 yet, <laughs> but there is actually you, a poll you, already you out animal. there. Uh, uh, you animal! So I, I, I will freaking lazy fuck! I, I will. How could you not do this already? I know. I had, what's the matter you, with you? You know, there was one thing I had intended to do already by now, um, but I, I sort of at some point decided, you know, I'm done. I'm gonna take time off at least until November before I start messing with things on that site again. But no, here is the first. I, I, I just brought it up. It was from Remington Research covering April 21st to 22nd. Is from Missouri. It has Trump 53%, Biden 38 uh, I, I did see that poll. And I am pulling my hairs out is to figure out why in God's name would you poll Missouri like right now for the presidential election for Trump versus Biden? What the fuck? Data does this give me in any way, shape, or form? Well, I presume they were polling the state for something else and just threw the question in there. Uh, okay. I-, I hope that that was it. Otherwise, they're just fucking lunatics. That, that's, that's usually what happens with this kind of thing. Okay. You know, so th- it has kicked off, and at some point I'll set up election graphs for 2024, but frankly... I was going to wait till at least November before I start messing with it. So is that enough about the Trump cult for this time around? I, 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 yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Did I mention that, that the Trump cultists can all go fuck themselves? (laughs) Uh, Not this time, although I'm pretty sure you've said it before. Okay. Well, let me make it clear that they can all go fuck themselves. Yes, and they have shown time after time after time that Hillary Clinton was absolutely correct when she called them deplorable. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And and look, you know, there I think when she actually made that deplorable comment, she sort of said it's a three-way split and there's the this group and this group and then there're the deplorables. Um and she was well, you know, the the ones who weren't deplorable 
have left. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. They've left. Yeah. Anybody who's left at this point, hell, anybody who was left by halfway through Trump's administration, yeah, you're deplorable and you deserve to be called that. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so let's take a break. Um, I, 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 we've been doing two items, then break, then two items, then break, but we, that's ended up with us going an hour. So I've, I, I told Yvonne before we started a show that if any segment lasted more than 20 minutes, we'll take a break before the next segment. And I'm pretty sure this one did. Although there was a bunch edited out, you probably didn't hear because we kept getting interrupted by one thing or another, but anyway, let's take a break. And we'll be back right after this with my first topic. You're supposed to say do, do, do. Do, do, do. Alex Amzala. Alex Amzala is awesome. Its videos are fun. And today, once again, we have one of our most loyal subscribers here to tell you how awesome Alex Amzala is. I'd say on a rate from 1 to 10, Alex Amzala is awesome at... I don't know, 37, 82. He's pretty radical. His videos are phenomenal. They're full of creativity. And they're, and they're so funny and exciting to watch. Wow, what happened to your voice then, Amy? Was that dad pretending to be you because the audio was distorted when it really wasn't because I told him to? Yes! Good job on remembering, Dad. Do, do, do! Okay, we are back, and uh, I will preempt Yvonne, because Yvonne has always been picking the pandemic topic. Oh, man. <laughs> and this time, I'm going to do it first. Uh, so there's several different pandemic-related things uh, to talk about this time around. Um, I will start with just the worldwide trends, because last week I was like, oh man, it's going up fast, and unless there's a miraculous turnaround, we're going to, in a few weeks, in, in like about two weeks, we were going to hit um, all-time highs again, surpassing January for the worldwide level. That has not happened. Worldwide deaths started to go down again, uh, and worldwide cases have started to go down again. Um, and the reason, if you look at it country by country, is actually pretty clear. Uh, India and Southeast Asia in general, because it's spilled over into Nepal as well, are still growing. Uh, it's still getting worse there. The rate at which it's getting worse has slowed down a little bit, though. So it's it's still getting worse, don't get me wrong, but not as quickly as it was getting worse. But meanwhile, um, the Americas, mainly Brazil, but also the U.S. and some other places, um, have been getting better as well at sort of a a steady pace um, so that, you know, we're, you know, Brazil, the U.S., all of the, uh, uh, the Americas um, are generally coming off their peak and getting consistently better week after week, um, although perhaps not as quickly as one would like. But then you look at Europe, and Europe is getting better really, really fast, and the rate at which it's getting better has been increasing. And so basically, when you look at the whole world, what you see is the improvement in the Americas and Europe is happening faster than it's getting worse in the Southeast Asia. And so 
The net result is on a worldwide basis, we're heading down again, but it really is different pictures regionally. You know, uh, the Americas are, are getting better, um, but at a sort of reasonable pace, Europe is getting better very, very fast. And, you know, Southeast Asia is still getting worse, uh, but not quite as badly as it was. And again, it, when it all balances out, uh, we are going down again at the moment. Now, I'm not sure, like, because Southeast Asia is still growing, there's a question to me if, you know, if if Europe and the Americas start slowing down their rate of descent, which has to happen eventually, uh, does Southeast Asia again become the driving force and the numbers start going up again? How that balanced trade-off happens, I think, is still unclear. We just have to wait and see. But uh, but at the moment, worldwide is getting better, which is good. We're not uh, we're not in danger of hitting that uh, January peak again in the next couple of weeks. Well, that sounds good. Well, that's optimistic. Well, I do see, and and, and vaccinations are accelerating. Oh yes, in, I, in a lot of places. This it's, is it's this not is what's driving the it. The places that are getting better are getting better because vaccination is finally starting to increase rapidly in in both Europe and to a lesser extent in in the America, in in South America, but uh, definitely in Europe. Uh, they they may have been slow off the starting gate or however you say that, uh, but vaccinations are accelerating rapidly in Europe and it's making a difference. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I mean even but but look even in uh, in. Brazil has been getting uh, a, a lot. Uh, vaccination has 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 accelerated in Brazil. Uh, they they actually just started actually getting um, shipments of uh, from Pfizer as well. Um, mm-hmm. The one interesting thing about this is the the Pfizer CEO was uh, interviewed about this uh, about why you know a whole bunch of these countries didn't have them, and he said flat out, "Look." We offered it to all of them. As a matter of fact, we offered them. There was a sliding scale of price mm. depending on on the country. So, developed nations were paying more to subsidize, uh, you know, poorer nations. Okay, on on uh, on the price scale, and he went out to a whole bunch of these countries and they declined it. They just said no. <laughs> and so he was like, "Look, we offered it to them." They didn't want it. What, did, did they just not, not want anything at that point? Or were they gambling on like the Chinese version or something like that as a cheaper alternative? I think they were gambling on getting free, cheaper versions from like, because the, the thing is that the Chinese and the Russians have been playing vaccine diplomacy yeah. very aggressively. That's just been a fact. And um, I, 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 I'm guessing that that's what it was. I know that I asked people, especially I've had a lot of conversations around uh, uh, what happened in Argentina specifically, because Argentina is like a really messed up case because of the trials, the human trials, the biggest one that was done for the Pfizer vaccine was actually done in Argentina. And then the government decided not to buy the vaccine. Mm. And everybody was bewildered by this because i mean it was trialed extensively in argentina and then they decided not to buy it now everybody's thinking it must have been something because the russians and uh the chinese came offering and 
look, there's had to be some kickback thing going on in here with this. And they wound up buying a whole bunch of Russian vaccine. <laughs> okay. And I got to be honest, some of us were even speculating today because of some of the rates of contagion with like some uh, uh, the the Russian vaccine or other, if they're getting tampered vaccines, basically if they're getting syringes with water, mm. which by the way would not be above some very unscrupulous people. I've already heard this, that I, I've already heard of places where some people are hawking fake vaccines. Right. Well, you know, I think you shared a story about fake vaccination cards. What the hell do you, you think that there are people hawking fake vaccines? Of course. But you want to bet. <sighs> so. So, in, in addition to the worldwide trends, um, a, a couple other related things that I want to mention. One and and they're sort of intertwined so I'll bring them up together. One is sort of there's this big debate about too fast versus too slow normalization in terms of the covid stuff. Like uh you know some people talking about how right um you know oh my god there are these places that are opening up why are they crazy they're opening up there are other folks who are saying um how can you not at this point, how can you not listen to the science, for instance, that outdoors is okay for everybody? We mentioned that a little bit last week. Um, and then the another related bit that sort of ties to the lack of trust about the guidance and everything um, is both the CDC and the World Health Organization in the last week finally made some changes to their guidance about airborne transmission, um, saying that it was a significant primary vector. And just to, just to be clear, part of why this is confusing is there's a difference between sort of droplet transmission and truly airborne transmission. And it's sort of easy to get them all mixed up because even the droplets are like in the air, but it's a difference of particle size and how far these things travel. With the droplets, it, it, it's it's very short range. It's like when you breathe, you know, some particles come out of your mouth that are little droplets of liquid and they fall very quickly to the ground or to whatever surfaces around you. Um, and the the general public health wisdom going back a hundred years is most of these kinds of diseases were transmitted by droplets. The smaller stuff, sort of the aerosol truly airborne, uh, is it hangs around in the air for potentially hours. It's not just dropping immediately to the ground. Uh, it, 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 it sort of permeates the air around people um, as they breathe in and out because it's it's just too lightweight. It doesn't fall to the ground. There was an excellent article sort of summarizing this in the New York Times by, I, I don't know how to say her name. Of course, I'm going to screw it up. Oh, boy. Zeynep Tufeki. Jesus, okay. <laughs> Zeynep Tufeki, okay, published May 7th, and it's why did it take so long to accept the facts about COVID? Um, and I've been reading her for like a year or more, actually, even before the pandemic, but specifically related to the pandemic. Um, you know, she's been talking about some of this stuff for a long time, and some other people have too. Like, if if you looked at general non-governmental, you know, experts that were talking about stuff, there was a lot of talk about aerosol transmission going back 
maybe not to last spring, but certainly to last summer. Um, because there was growing evidence that most of the most of the spread was actually being done through these lighter particles that travel further. And she mentions in her article uh, in the following paragraph that I'll, I'll read. If the importance of aerosol transmission had been accepted early, we would have been told from the beginning that it was much safer outdoors where the small particles disperse more easily as long as you avoid close, prolonged contact with others. We would have tried to make sure indoor spaces were well ventilated with air filtered as necessary. And instead of blanket rules on gatherings, we would have targeted conditions that can produce super spreading events, people in poorly ventilated indoor spaces, especially if engaged over time in activities that increase aerosol production, like shouting and singing. We would have started using masks more quickly, and we would have paid more attention to their fit as well, and we would have been less obsessed with cleaning surfaces. Our mitigations would have been much more effective, sparing us a great deal of suffering and anxiety. Um, and she mentions it's not too late. Like places like India can take advantage of this knowledge now, but the official organs, uh, the CDC and the WHO and others, were just very slow to transition. And like she lays out a timeline of, you know, at various points they started saying, oh, okay, maybe there's some of this, so we have to worry about it. But they didn't really fully transition to, yeah, this is this is the big part of it until like literally this week. Um, long after like lots of other people were saying it. And it's this kind of stuff where, you know, in in terms of the is it too fast, is it too slow? Are you following the CDC guidance? Is CDC too conservative or whatever? It's this kind of stuff that loses trust um, where, you know, we've, we've talked over and over again about how last spring they screwed up the guidance on masks for the first two months and were very confusing. And what, what were they saying? And even now there's still confusion of, well, well it was really in winter, but still, but well, or er, 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 late winter, early spring, whatever, like last February and March. Okay. Um, they really messed up the mask guidance. And even today, you know, there's still like a lot of our masks to protect the other people are masks to protect you. How effective are they? Does it matter if it's what kind of mask? It, there's still lots of confusion out there and it stems from all, all of this early on. And the, well, I don't think it's because of the early on stuff. No, no let, let me just say this. Like we've, I've said before, like, they should have built expectations up from the very beginning that, you know, hey, we're going to give you a monthly update as we learn more stuff. And we, yes, we're going to change the guidelines every month. And sometimes we will tell you something different than we told you last month because we've learned something new and they just but haven't. that's not the problem. But that's not the problem. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tell me what the problem is. People like Tucker Carlson going on fucking TV <laughs> and basically saying that everything they're saying is bullshit. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the hell they say. That's the fucking problem. Yes. People I, I, like Joe Rogan getting on a fucking podcast and telling 21-year-olds not to vaccinate. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. No, I, I, I Having agree. a guy like Trump basically poo-poo fucking masks after his people go and, like, fucking say that, they, that people should be masked. Having Republicans re refuse to completely mask up even after the CDC said that they should be masked. Th that's the problem. It doesn't have to do with whether their guidance maybe wasn't perfect. Yeah. Listen, it was very clear since February. February. 
that Universal Masking of last year, was, February of 2020, February of last year, that Universal Masking was necessary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, there may have been certain nuances around it or whatever, whatnot, but it was Universal Masking. Okay. And you know what? You had a lot of people basically saying, ah, this is bullshit. They don't know what they're talking about. You see, they changed their mind. I will agree with you completely that what you've just said is the bigger problem. But I think the public health services have not helped themselves because they're the way they have approached messaging and their reluctance to move quickly as the research adapted instead of waiting for like really, really super 95% three sigma, four sigma confidence of truth um, has, has helped those other forces to do what they're doing. Uh, You know? And so, in terms of this, though, but you've got, but but listen, I had shared a a separate article that was like uh, it talked about. It was from the Atlantic uh, about or, the liberals. Yes, the liberals refusing to follow science now as it's saying to open up. Yes, and and that is also a problem. Yeah, yeah, okay, it is. because you've got a problem where you wound up with a Republican president that basically was ignoring science in 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 the in the sense of how to protect people, okay, and how to do so, and then you had a whole bunch of people that went into uh the 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 into the most conservative and protective method to use because you were not trustful of whatever guidance you were getting Mm -hmm. because you knew that it was being adulterated because that was also part of the problem. Okay. Forget about, forget about the CDC. Their shit was getting, their messaging was being edited by political hacks. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was absolutely happening. Okay. So it's not what, it's not about the scientists. Their messaging was getting, you know, you know, countered by the president and the political leaders and the actual messaging itself was being altered by political hacks. And so, but then you wind up with liberals going on the other, on the other opposite end of the spectrum, jumping off on the other side of the fucking cliff and going even in the face of like new science saying, Hey, you can do this. You can do this. You can do that. Still sitting on the other side, basically just la 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 la. No, we're not doing anything. I'm locked up and I'm not, I'm not getting out of the bunker. The, the 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 perfect example of this, and I've seen multiple memes on this, uh, are, are people saying, you know, hey, I know the CDC now says that, you know, if you're vaccinated, it, you're absolutely fine to go with a mask outside if you're not in a crowd. But I don't want people to think I'm a Republican. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> what the hell? You know, and, and th- this is where I think the problem is, you're absolutely right, it's on both sides. On the one hand, and I, we talked last week about the, the CDC isn't even going far enough in terms of outside stuff. Outside is good for unvaccinated people, too, without masks, unless you're going to be in a really crowded outdoor scenario. Uh, so they should just be but, saying, but listen, but, 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 wait, but I, listen, but the, no, I, I, but I just, the reasonable I, thing yeah, no, I just, I just is want, to use mass as much as possible, because you know what? 
it it's not it's not that big a burden. No, it's not. But I, I just want to say that this is this is the division here, right? Like on the one hand, yes, the outdoor stuff, the evidence has been there for like almost six months. Like early on in the pandemic, you can you can say everybody was being super conservative and super careful because we just didn't know. But it's been clear for a long time now, maybe more than six months. It might even be like it a might be more than six months. You know yeah. that yeah. that you know outside is incredibly low risk vaccinated or not unless you're in a crowd right right um and but yet there's still a lot of pressure on the liberal side of things to wear your mask everywhere now i've seen some justification right like hey i wear it outside anyway just because if i didn't i might forget when i go in someplace or something like that but for the most part outside you're okay unless you're going to be in a crowded area and a lot of folks are still resistant to that um but meanwhile, in, inside, the evidence is still there that you really need masks inside. Unless you're in a place that has, like, hospital-level ventilation, inside is still a potential cesspool. And yes, you should be wearing your masks. And... And now you do get into vaccination exceptions, and if you're indoors with people who are all vaccinated, then that's probably okay. But the mixed scenarios, you still want everybody to wear their masks. Like we talked about last week, you know, part of that is even if you're vaccinated, other people around you don't know that, so it's it's just common courtesy to wear it anyway. Um, but yeah, so there's. There's stuff on both sides where one side is so gung-ho about we can't, we're done. No protections. No, we're not going to do masks. We're not going to do social distancing. It's time to be completely back to normal. And then you got the other side saying, no, no, we, we're, we're going to hold on to all these protections for dear life for longer. And I don't know how much longer. And we're not allowing a child in a school. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're not doing anything. Even in the face of a whole bunch of information where we sent all these kids back to school in places where we're using masking and whatever. And the number of COVID cases has, has been recorded has been low. And so it, it, that's the kind of shit where I'm just like, look, guys, come on, give me a fucking break. Look, you have the data, you know what's going on. I mean, you know, uh, well, and so and some of this is just people people remaining stupid for whatever reason. Like one of the things that's brought up in the article I mentioned earlier, but I've seen in other places, is all these places like schools that are still like doing these plexiglass divider things. And because it's airborne, those do nothing. That's 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 not true. That they do nothing. Okay, all right. That, that, that it, 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 it's not it, it, okay. It, it's let, not. Let me. You know. Let me look, be. Let me it, be specific. Since you're going to be pedantic about it, of course. Well, it I'm stops, not going to be pedantic. It's of a, course, it's, it stops the droplets. Like if you're breathing out the droplets, the high volume things, then they they are protective against those. But those have been shown not to be the major vector for spread. It does almost nothing. Sam, if I told you, seriously, if I told you, if I told you mm -hmm. that by putting that up, you reduce your risk 10%. And if you use a mask regularly, that you reduce your risk, but all of you guys use it 90%. Okay, so when you combine the measures that you lower your risk, no. would you do both? 
Yes, Would you but, do both? Yes. Okay, but well wait, then wait, stop wait, saying but, that. But it's not. No, then the you thing, the thing is with, need to wait, say, wait, 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 wait. The, thing with, the no, thing with the dividers no, it's like is it's not even remotely car, close to 10%. It's like in the fucking car. No, no, no. Listen. It's like in your fucking car where the safety measures to not get you killed is the ABS brakes. It's the airbag. It's the it's the seatbelt. Will the airbag save you by itself? No. No, but it, it's all of them. No, but in this case, that particular thing, the the research that has talked the most about the airborne transmission says that that is a negligible effect. It isn't one more layer and a whole bunch of layers. The masks matter a lot. The plexiglass does not, uh, because the the particles just travel right over them. And if you're in the indoor space for an extended length of time, the air all gets circulated anyway, and so it it, it, it hits everybody. Um, so it, those really are negligible, and that's what the latest research on those specifically says. But Sam, you already have them. It may be small. They already all the schools already bought them. Yes, the I know. May be know. small, but what's the point of arguing about it? So what if it's one? Listen, well, no, but that's that. That's the thing. That's the whole sunk cost fallacy, right? Like in this particular case, yes, all the schools bought them, but we've now shown that they don't really matter. They do get but, in the but, way of effective like interaction. So get rid of them. Actually, they don't get it. I, I've seen I've seen them do it on video because I said they don't get in the way of much of anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, but so they're, they're, but they're also not useful. So why have them? Okay, Sam. You already bought them. If, you know, if I told you right now that, yeah. hey, this system in your car maybe only helps you 1% of it, and you already bought and installed in the car, are you going to go rip it out? If it annoys me, yes. Okay, if it, anno if it annoys you, maybe. <laughs> if it was very difficult to rip out, would you could just go and rip it out? If it was difficult, no. I wouldn't bother like, with Exactly. It. So that's the point. They already put them there. They're fine. They're not interfering with fucking education. Get the People need to get the fuck off that stupid shit like that. Which doesn't help to get into an argument about it. <sighs> okay. I mean, I, I, I will... I, I well, will... that measure only adds 1%. Who the fuck cares? Listen. This is the reality. The reality is that a combination of measures will do. Some are better, some yeah. are not. Okay? Yes. It's, it, it, you know, stop nitpicking about it. Okay, if you didn't have it, if, if right now you didn't have the plexiglass. Don't add it. Okay? Would I tell you to go get it? No. I would tell you no. Don't do it. Okay? If you already have it, would I tell you, oh, fuck, go and, like, spend the next fucking weekend, like, working on ripping it out? No. I wouldn't tell you to do it either. And, and and I will I will add another important factor in this is even another factor in this that's important is that even if it's not all that effective on COVID, it probably is against it's effective other things. on a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, and so like you know schools, I could you know argue whatever, but like I don't want to see those things go away from like the convenience store. Like they're fine. I mean, look at how we are with the fucking flu for yes. God's sakes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, in a space like a school or a workplace or whatever, I think they're kind of stupid. The evidence doesn't support them. But I, I I can see your point. If it's already there and it would be expensive to take them out, why not leave them? Uh, but in, in, in places like stores between the customers and the uh, and the employees, sure, leave them up. I don't want to be exposed to you anyway, even pre-COVID. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, you know, it's not that big a deal. Do, do, do.
hey, after Yvonne and I had that heated exchange about the plexiglass barriers, just wanted to mention a little bit more about that. In the, uh, how do you say her name? Zedyep Tufeki article uh, that I mentioned in the New York Times, why did it take so long to accept the facts about COVID? Um, She also, the one phrase she says about the plastic barriers was that they might be useless at best. But there's a link from that useless at best to a recent study, and she tweeted about that as well in the in the chain where she promoted her article. And the the tweet says this, aerosol scientists kept telling me that plexiglass barriers might be making things worse by blocking ventilation. Just out in science, the science magazine, desk shields are associated with increased illness in schools. Um, And she mentions also closing playgrounds, also an uptick, uh, a bunch of upshots there. And it links to an article in Science Magazine, uh, Household COVID-19 Risk and In-Person Schooling, dated uh, April 29th. Um, and there's a there's a chart included in her tweet and also in that article in Science, basically comparing a whole bunch of different mitigation efforts in schools and whether they helped or hurt uh, with this testing. And so uh, things that improved the results, student masking, teacher masking, restricted entry, extra space, no sharing of supplies, uh, same students, reduced class size, daily symptom screen. No extracurricular activities, um, outdoor instruction, all of those things helped. But things that made not really much of a difference, uh, part-time instruction rather than full-time, having the same teacher, having a closed cafe. But then there were a few things that looked like they actually made it worse. That's um, closed playgrounds. And those desk shields seem to actually make things worse. And uh, the reason, I guess, is that they actually interfere with the ventilation and the flow of air, which at this point uh, folks think is more important than than stopping the droplets. Um, so, you know, I, I sort of, you know, gave in to Yvonne sort of being really animated about this and said, you know, don't. Don't take the things out if it's going to cost a lot of money, but if it actually makes things worse, maybe that changes that equation. But I think, you know, this is one set of studies, the, you know, you know, the usual, like, uh, they, they need more confirmation and more things and blah, blah, blah. And so there's a lot of inertia. If you've already done it, you've spent the money, blah, blah, blah. But if yeah, this is a thing to watch, does the evidence change? Over time, and if you actually determine that it's not just doesn't help, but is actually harmful, then yeah, of course, rip the things out. And also, I'd, I'd say that you probably once in a few months, hopefully, when this thing is basically under control, they're going to want to rip them out anyway. Back to the show. Do do do. You know, my, my my point is, I understand, like, restrictions where you're talking about people getting upset or restrictions where you're saying, hey, no, you can't do this. No, you can't go 
eat outside. No, you can't meet anybody. No, you can't be. Okay, I, I get that. You can't do any activities. You can't ride on a plane. You can't ride on a metro. I'm like, it, 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 that, now I get, now I, I understand those, okay, where it significantly impacts you being able to do things. And, and I will add, and we've talked about this going back many, many months, that the those kind of restrictions have been all over the place, seemingly random, not necessarily backed by the science. Right. And the people imposing them often, like, didn't follow the rules themselves. Right. And so, you know, those kinds of restrictions, more so than anything else— really need to follow the most recent science about what makes sense. Like, I I can't remember how many times I've been upset about stupid things like, you know, um, you know, restaurants being open while schools are closed, for instance. Right. Or, right. you know, we'll have the restaurants open, they just have to close an hour early. Or like, you know, <laughs> you have to, you have to have outdoor seating for the restaurant, but it's completely fine if you completely enclose the outdoor Close seating. It in like plexiglass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those things are idiotic. Um, right. And, and so are some of the rules about like, you know, um, exactly six feet apart. And, you know, th- these are guidelines and this is part of, you know, what was about the airborne versus not airborne is like the the six feet was based on it being um the droplets so the six feet sort of d- isn't really relevant as part of the discussion any when it's mostly airborne then it's all about ventilation instead um you know and there are all kinds of these things where and especially in the cases where you know you have you have the re- you know the governor puts on the restriction and i'm talking about you california the governor puts on the restriction and then the next day they're in the freaking He's restaurant at a fucking dinner yeah right. i mean come on and, and so again that all of these things build to the you know the plus your tucker carlsons and your donald trumps and all that build to people saying they don't know what the fuck they're talking about anyway. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. Why should I listen to any of them? Right. Exactly. And so I think there's a, you know, there's this big mix between uh, some people wanting to move too fast in renormalization and some people wanting to move too slow. And there's a there's an appropriate middle ground in there. And also, of course, need to say this, it's different depending on where you are and what the trends are in your location. Um, And so it's not proper to say we're going to give the same advice for Missouri, Michigan, Washington State, Florida. They're all in different positions right now, uh, let alone other countries. Um, You know, so uh, although the differences between states is less than the differences between countries. So a lot of the, I see the occasional charts and graphs trying to compare like, the the harshest states on restrictions versus the least harsh states on restrictions and the two things they neglect the most are both are the the timing of the ups and downs in every state and people being too early or too late putting on or off restrictions and also just the fact that the difference between the tightest state in the US and the loosest state in the US is actually not that big compared to the differences we see worldwide ah well I mean, the, the you know there are so many other factors that that influence you know the whole damn thing that 
it's just I've always said that you know it'd be great you know once we're past this to be able to gather as much of this data that we can gather in order to try to pinpoint more in detail what really worked and what doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there there will Um, be literally decades of PhD theses and stuff like that, uh, what happened in this pandemic to try to provide lessons for the next time in terms of what really worked and what didn't, because there's so many confounding variables that it's really hard to separate all out all these effects, and it people are going to spend their entire careers studying this event. It, it, it you know, and and the confounding variables, like 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 what you know, things like for example, because we've talked about the effect, the impacts of like temperature, weather, humidity, yep. uh, indoor, outdoor, all these things, right? You know, look, a, a, a heat, you know, Arizona versus Florida, even if they're hot, they're different. The weather, yep. uh, uh, everything is different. Um, you, you know, there, there, there are so many differences among those countries. I mean, does, is humidity a factor? Is it just the heat? What, what You know, what are all the things that we can take from all of this data, which there's tons of it, and, you know, we cross-reference all of that and try to figure out what the patterns are, try to get down to the more micro level in terms of restrictions and and get, you know, further data in terms of compliance, like where, you know, places that it, that where we, we know that we had more compliance, less compliance, what the restrictions were, what the compliance rate was, the other outside factors and to see what the patterns of like, you know, spread and contamination were. And the truth, it's so much data that there is about this, but at the same time, it, you know, there hasn't been enough time to be able to digest all of this mm-hmm. and to, co- to, to compile it in a way that you can get meaningful information yet. Uh, and it's going to take years. Okay, to really drill through it and to to be able to create a model that can compile all that information and be able to crunch through it. Um, I mean, we know certain things, obviously, you know, based on a high level, but we don't, you know, we we you know we 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 know certain things, but we know we don't know, we know don't know everything about it. And I'm sure that we can get more granular to to find out exactly much better what the hell we we did that worked better than other things and and what didn't work and and it's it's glaringly obvious at this point that some of the things that were done in the early part of the pandemic really weren't the right things because we didn't know yet we were working our way through it well well like you know we've talked about the hygiene theater at this point well now it's a theater for example that a lot of that cleaning was like overkill it wasn't really necessary right um, you know, uh, you know, cleaning your vegetables, cleaning everything, you know, we found out, eh, you know, that really didn't, uh, uh, make much of a difference, uh, make, 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 make much of a dent. So we need to focus a lot less on that, for example. Uh, you know, uh, but you know, you, so, so those are big things that I know that, that we learned, uh, uh, uh from this, uh. I know that we learned from other countries that they'll say this. It's like that, you know, masking, you know, universal masking, you know, helps significantly. Here, here's the depressing thing that I'll say right up front, too. We learned that in the 19-teens with the last flu. And we forgot, you know? It's, yeah, I know. Yep. 
Well, well, we forgot here in a, in the U.S. because yes. in Japan, Korea, Singapore, wherever in Asia, they didn't. Well, and they had SARS much more recently, right? <laughs> exactly. In the U.S. specifically, though, I mean, I feel like, you know, we were talking about how researchers are going to look into this for years and decades and dig into this data. And probably in a few years, we'll have a really, really good understanding of this stuff worked, this stuff didn't. If this happens again, we should follow steps A, B, C, D, E. And I feel like if it does happen again, we still won't do that stuff. Well, I think we'll be better prepared. I, I, uh, number one, it also uh, it also depends who the hell's president. Well, yeah, and also how long it is, frankly. Right. Like, if it happens again in five years, you know, I think we'll be in a much better spot and people were like, we'll be able to jump on it really quickly. Right. If it's 50 years, 100 years again. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll probably be dead. Nobody's going to remember and we'll repeat all the same mistakes again. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we'll, might be dead by then. Probably. But, you know. But that's, that's, that's the sort of thing you right? Like, you know, it, it, it's like you, you hear about the people who lived through the great depression, having that experience, like affect how they thought about like money for the rest of their lives. Oh yeah, totally. I agree. But then the people who didn't live through the great depression, you know, all those lessons out the window. <laughs> you know, can I tell a story about vaccinations? I found out that my my grandmother, who was a pharmacist back in the 1930s, okay. when she started her business as a pharmacist, the the one of the one of the first things that she did uh, was vaccinations. But that in order to where where she was in the rural area, she actually rode on horseback <laughs> to go to places to go and like vaccinate people on horseback back in the 1930s. Nice. Now, how badass is that? That that is incredibly badass. I'm impressed by your grandmother, Yvonne. I I I had to not know this until this last weekend. My aunt told me this, and as a matter of fact, she was doing that because she got a one thousand dollar loan from an uncle to start her business because her father had passed away, and an uncle gave her the thousand dollar loan in order to start the pharmacy, and another uncle basically told the other guy, oh, she'll never pay you back, which is why she was so focused on being able to do as many of those damn vaccinations. She got paid per vaccination or something like that. There's some way that she was getting paid by the government in order to do those. And she was like hell bent on getting as many done as possible. Nice. In order to be able to pay back the the money she borrowed. So Speaking of which, and I I, I wanted to close up uh, Pandemic, but you just brought up something that reminded me of the other bit, uh, which is we are seeing increasing evidence in the U.S. that you uh, are now hitting the point where vaccination, the vaccination rate is slowing down because all the mm-hmm. people who really, really wanted it have gotten it or are in the process of getting it. And we're now getting to the point where it's to increase further. It's really about convincing the reluctant people. Uh, to get, I've seen higher. a whole bunch of incentives being rolled out. I saw West Virginia was offering people a hundred bucks, yeah, to get vaccinated. I saw another place where apparently in some state they're offering free beers. Well, I would. I was thinking it might it might be too late. I mean, it is too late at this point. But I was thinking that back when we had the big stimulus of like you know fourteen hundred dollars per person or whatever, it should have been contingent on the damn vaccine. 
think about that but 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 i but there are rolling out stuff like that i mean i gotta tell you i'm pretty sure that a lot of people will take a 100 bucks to get vaccinated yeah yeah no i I mean and and this ties into the whole vaccine passport debate and all this other stuff in terms of and and for that matter even the thing about over here well god you know he's he got rid of all that oh yeah yeah i mean i'm sure that's going to court but yeah um but yeah, like the that it ties back into the conversation about like giving guidance that vaccinated people can do more stuff as well. It's like what what can you do to incentivize the people who you know, there's a certain group of people and we're included in that who are like, "Hey, as soon as I'm eligible, I'm signing up." Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, but look, but there are people that it's not that they're anti-vaccine. It's like it, it's. Just, oh, I know, I know. There are the people who it's convenience and being able to get to it easily, and you know, scheduling it with everything else. Look, one thing I was just discussing today, for example, this week is that you know, it seems like most places right now are just taking walk-ins that you just don't really even need to make an appointment anymore. But a lot of people don't really understand that including myself. Mm -hmm. I actually thought that most places still were requiring an appointment, but I'm finding out that most people are just like, you could just walk up and get it. Yeah. I mean, that, that varies a lot regionally, but more and more is in the state that you're talking about. And within a couple of weeks, that's going to be everywhere. Right. And, and, but I think that that is still a confusion because certain people are like, well, I don't have an appointment and I got to go on a computer and find an appointment. And like, even the other day, I, you know, I, I, I still looked up like around here, it was tough to get an appointment still anyway. It, it wasn't as, it, it wasn't as easy, you know, so. And I'm seeing more and more like here in this County, in my County, in Snohomish County, Washington, I saw an alert sometime last week on Twitter where, you know, a, one of the locations near me had a whole bunch of doses that were just about to expire. And they're like, anybody, please come take these. You know, uh, we're here, we're waiting, we're in this location. We've got a whole bunch of doses. We need people. It doesn't matter. Just come. Your county right now has, of all residents, vaccinated 33%, age 18 plus 42%, and age 65% up 76%. Yeah. Uh, let's see, where where I live, like right now, we've got, numbers are similar, we got 71% of 65 over, uh, 41% of a, a, age 18 plus, uh, and so 33% of the total uh uh, population, which is almost the same, exactly the same as you know your numbers. Yeah, and and so like, but anyway, we are getting to that uh, point where you you have to start incentivizing or doing whatever you need to do to get uh, other people. We are going to have a big boost in uh, it very shortly when they uh, move the minimum age from eighteen down to twelve. Right. You know, so that that's going to open up a whole new group of people. It looks like under, and they're looking at under 12, probably in September. Uh, but you know, so that's going to, each time you ro- lower the age, you're going to have a, a, a new group of people who can, right. who can do it. Uh, but just, just aside from that, yeah, we need to get to the incentivization point. There was an article in the New York times saying, Hey, if all of these people who say they're not going to take it actually don't take it, we're never going to reach immunity we're always going to have we're never going to be able to completely suppress this disease it's going to be something that hangs around at a fairly high level all the time 
you know, it just sort of as a background level and maybe we just have to live with it at that point, but they'll still be, and, and you know, I don't think there's an expectation that it goes to zero, but there's a question of how low do we get it for the new steady state? Right. And like, I'd, I'd like that level to be a bit lower than it is today. You know, I, I agree with you. I mean, we're still, you know, on a nationwide level in the U S we're still having between six and 700 people a day dying. Um, you know, and I think we, I, I forget what the number was for an average flu season, but I, I, you know, we want it to be like at that level or lower. Right. And we're still way higher than that. Yeah. And, uh, and to get there, you need the vaccination rate to, go up quite a bit more from where we are. And we've seen Israel and the UK have gotten there, it looks like. I mean, in Israel, the, the fully vaccinated percentage in Israel um, is only about 60%. Right. Um, but they've absolutely crushed it. Right. You know, and the UK is below us in terms of fully vaccinated, but in terms of single dose, they're over 50%. So, you know, we don't, it, we, it, it's looking like we don't have to get to like 90% vaccination or something, but 60, 65, that may be the zone we have to be in. Um, and I think we can still get there. Um, and, but, but yeah, we, we have to be aggressive about getting it out as much as possible and convincing some of these people who are like, ah, no, I'm never taking the damn thing. Uh, well. We're, we're, we're making progress. We just got to keep plugging along. I mean, and to just to be clear, you know, we've been improving anyway with the the levels of vaccination we have so far, and it is making a difference. Um, but you know, if you look more recently, you know, uh, deaths in the U.S. has the rate at which it's declining has slowed down a lot. It's not quite flat; it's still going down, but it's going down slowly. Very slowly. Um, now, cases just in the last couple of weeks has started to go down more rapidly again. So maybe deaths will in a couple more weeks. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we we still want to drive it down a bit more and a little bit faster. I, I want, I you know, I want to be at the point where I can agree with the people who are like, "Yep, no more restrictions. Let's just go back to like 2019 patterns." Um, I would like to see that before the end of the year. I would like to see that before school is supposed to start in the fall, you know? And I think that's achievable. Uh, but, you know, w to get there, you know, people still have to show some level of restraint until we get there. And we need to get as many people vaccinated as possible. And with that, I think we're done with pandemic. Uh, let's take a break. We will come right back and Yvonne will pick another topic. And I have taken pandemic off the table, so he cannot pick it this week. We will be back after this. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch.
The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing. Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening. best of Ray Lynch. You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. And we are back again. Yvonne, it is time for your second topic of the show. Okay, I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking, I'm thinking, let me see, hold on, because of course he, he fucking like, you know, took my subject. Yeah. Fucking weasel. That's me. Yeah, that would be you. Um, Something light and fluffy, maybe? Well, I, this isn't light and frothy. Okay, but, but it, it was big news. It did happen. Yeah? What, what's this? Bill Gates is getting divorced. Oh, yeah. Bill and Melinda getting divorced. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, they're still going to run the foundation together. That's what they said. Yeah. That, uh, you know. I, I saw something uh, earlier today about how uh, in order to avoid the press, Melinda Gates uh, has gone off and rented an island that goes for $150,000 a day uh, in order to hang out until, you know, the press loses interest. This all blows over? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's one way to, to deal with the press. And, and she won't even miss that money. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the... the, the uh, it, it has been uh, an interesting change... In our lifetimes, going back to, you know, the last, I mean, says, so we, and I'm talking our lifetimes. So, and we're both approximately 50 years old. Yeah. 50 years old. Uh, how divorce has evolved in America. Mm. Okay. And so, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, first, you know, I think that before we were born, it was like people didn't really get divorced. Okay. Mm. And then, I, I I feel that when we were growing up, uh, I mean, there was a lot of divorce. I mean, the, 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 there was a lot of divorces of people, uh, I would say, you know, early in their marriages, much before 50, below, below, below the age of 50. Um, 
Uh, I mean, especially because people got married a lot younger. So there was there, there was a lot of that. And but we saw the divorce rate drop. Um, and I think in large part because uh, as we aged, you know, you and I are people that got married a lot older than our parents, mm-hmm. for example, um, and much later in life. And so but what you've seen is a lot of divorces of people where it's been growing the most. And I've seen this worldwide I, 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 and I've seen this in my family of people 50 plus that are like oh the kids are gone or whatever well I really didn't want to live with you anymore can we just get a fucking divorce <laughs> yeah now the one thing where you were talking about sort of that big spike in divorces that was like late 70s early 80s um, mm-hmm. one thing I saw just within the last couple of weeks so it's interesting we're talking about it now I saw someone talk about this and say, you know, it's not just that people in that time period uh, were a lot more divorce happy. The laws changed significantly in terms of allowing for no-fault divorce. Right. I, I figured that it had to be. Yeah. Beca- because, you know, you, you talked about how in earlier generations, divorce was much rarer. Well, it was much harder, too. You had to show cause and you had to show that there was a problem. And, you know, lots of you know, pe- some people did it anyway and lied about it to make it. But like you couldn't just say, I don't want to be married anymore. You had to like prove to the court a reason why you didn't want to be married in terms of that. And the laws became a lot more lax in terms of essentially making it so as long as either one of the two parties didn't want to be in the marriage anymore. OK, you're out. Yeah, you know, and so a, lo- a lot more people took advantage of it. Be- so that obviously, right? So that obviously probably caused a big bu- 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 bulge of them happening all at once. So a lot of those people were essentially trapped in those marriages in terms of you know th- the reality. If you went and looked in their house or whatever, it might have nothing. You know, it might not look like uh, you know a loving marriage or whatever. They just happened to still be there because they were stuck. You know, and so the the big the the increase in the availability of divorce is, you know, people complain about all the broken families and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, frankly, you know, I, I was came from a divorced family and it wasn't like the best experience of my life by any means. It, it, it dramatically affected my life. But at the same time, you don't want to keep people together who aren't happy. That's worse. <laughs> You know, yeah, um, totally. And so, and, and but I think you know part of what you're saying is absolutely true now as well. In that, the rate is lowering again, not just because we're done with that peak of people who were sort of waiting to get, you know, couldn't get divorced before, but now are. But the culture is changing, so it's more acceptable not to get married at all. Right. And so lots of people live together. I mean, I lived with my wife for like a decade before we got married, practically. I forget exactly the right time frame, but in, in that ballpark. And, you know, and so lots of people who would have gotten divorced if they got married early in their relationship, you know, just separate because there's no marriage on the books. And so that doesn't even end up counting anywhere. And even even in the cases where there is a marriage and there is a divorce um a lot of uh, at least my impression is there are a lot more of these sort of amicable divorces as opposed to like these big like legal 
battles war of the roses war of the roses kramer versus kramer all of these kinds of things where there's like you know massive acrimony and i'm not saying those don't still happen They, they obviously do but it feels like you hear more about the cases where it's like Oh yeah, and you know, it eventually didn't work out and we got divorced, but you know, we're still friends. We still talk occasionally, right. you know, and we 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 do our best for the kids and blah blah blah. And a lot of the cases that you mentioned as well where like, you know, people stay together for the kids or whatever where it's not like it's not like they're at each other's throats and they're unhappy. They just, maybe that's not the best scenario for them anymore, but they're okay. Like sticking together for a few years. And then, but once the kids are out of the picture, it's like, okay, we did that. Let's shake hands and go our separate ways. You know? Right. Yep. Yep. And I've seen a whole bunch of those. I'll tell you. Um, I mean, I've seen Jesus. I mean, I think the oldest, uh, the couple I know got divorced. It was, uh, my wife's grandparents, for God's sakes. I mean, they, they got divorced. They were 50. They had celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary and then they got divorced. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. That, that took a while. It's like, you know, 50 years was long enough. I'm ready for something new. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, um, I, I think it's just very uh, interesting how that, is evolving like right now uh, but but also you've got this entire evolution where okay so you've got these you know they're calling them gray divorces like right now but look i mean i the the younger generation right now what their expectations are in terms of relationship marriage and so forth and so on dating whatever the hell it's so different, even like from when we were growing up. Yep. I mean, because I see so many of them that, I mean, it was, it was, you know, 90 plus percent of people had like some kind of serious boyfriend, girlfriend relationship by the time they ended college. Mm-hmm. Okay. At some point. Okay. And already, already had one. And I know so many people that I, that I know that are that age that have never been in one of those relationships ever to that age. Mm. or older for that matter and it's fine they're like you know happy which i'm fine i'm actually you know the fact that they don't feel that pressure to do that um is i think it's good i mean there's there was a there 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 was a lot of pressure related to relationships and what what happens and you know you, you were talking about specifically about this one thing uh about well People, a lot of people, like now they they get divorced, they move out, and it's like amicable, whatever. I'm like, oh, we're still friends, whatever, whatnot. Look, back when I was younger, that was not the case. (laughs) It was like a a breakup had to be that you were angry and you didn't speak to, to that person anymore. Right. That was like the norm, okay? I, I, you know, and, and, and people thought that I was an oddball because I actually stayed friends with almost everybody I dated and that I was weird in that way. Okay. Um, but that was like the norm, but now that's turning into what the hell the norm is, because honestly, it didn't make any sense that just because, okay, great. So you don't want to live together. You don't get along. Why the hell does it have to be that you have to automatically hate each other right 
And the other thing that I've seen, and I, I don't have numbers on this, but I, it just seems like there's also greater acceptance of various alternative arrangements. Let's like, say, right? You yeah. know, I, I've no, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I have a at least one, maybe two Facebook friends that are are quite open about the fact that they have open marriages. Um, yeah, you know, I, where, I know people you know, like that too. I, I where like they love their husband very much, but. You know, that's one relationship and they've got others on the side too. And both parties in the relationship know this and are okay with this and have an arrangement around that. Um, you know, and, and there, yeah, there was, there was a, there was a New York Times article, uh, that I found amusing. I didn't read the whole article. I, I skimmed the very top of it. Uh, but this week about, um, friend marriages that are apparently a growing trend as well right where people who are not romantically involved uh but are close friends or i, sh I should say not sexually involved and not potentially not romantically involved either but are close friends that do things together all the time and are willing to like pool their finances and their resources and stuff and the way our society makes that the easiest is to get married right and now that you we have same sex marriage as well you know why not yeah you know if if you and your best friend are you know willing to pool your resources and do anything else, why not get married? You get some tax advantages, you get this, you get that, you get, oh, you know, uh, all kinds of things that accrue from that legal reckoning. And it doesn't necessarily have to tie into, um, you're having sex and you're having kids and you're going to build a family, you know, that th those don't necessarily have to be related to each other. You know, so, you know, look, I still remember and, and, and this is like me being, you know, well, well, younger and not 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 having met people like this. So the first time I met uh, uh, somebody that was in an open marriage, it happened when I was uh, I met it. This was more common than I what I found in Europe. Mm. OK, uh, 20 plus years ago. OK, so I went to a conference that I that I was in and I met this guy from Germany that I would met for the first time. And we went out to a dinner, and uh, he had, he had mentioned that he was married and so forth. And while I was at the dinner, and like, you know, this lady came along with him, and I automatically assumed that it was his wife. And uh, I was explained, no, 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 that's my girlfriend because my wife doesn't like to travel, and so I only go travel with my girlfriend. And I was like, <laughs> left for a second. Wait, what? Wait, explain this to me again. How does this work? And so so he explained to me, yeah, that you know that they had. This, this relationship and this, no, by them and that, you know, that, I mean, his wife been married a long time, but they, they just should have to travel. She she didn't like traveling and, you know, that they were an open marriage and he, he had the girlfriend and he usually traveled, you know, when he went traveling, it was with the, with, with his girlfriend. So I, I got to admit that I, I was a little bit like, whoa, but now I see that this is something that, um, uh, a lot more people are comfortable with. And I'm like, you know what? Hell, if it makes you happy, do whatever the hell. Why not? I mean, that's... Well, and, and the key to all of these things is because the social stigma is slowly disappearing. And of course, this ties back into our culture war discussion and stuff because there's a certain there's a certain part of the population that is very uncomfortable with these changes well yes and uh, you know and, and so what they'll do is we they prop up these mad gets asshole types that what they want to do is like fuck 17 year olds and pay pay for sex but anyway i digress but but the point is that 
as the social stigma disappears, people are finding what works for them, you know? And as long as the people involved are open and honest and nobody's like stabbing each other in the back or hurting people right. like because this is the difference like between the 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 open marriage type relationship versus cheating on somebody if you're cheating on somebody the other person expects the faithfulness and is invested in it and you are betraying them by going outside of that but if everybody right up front is like yeah no it you know, here are my boundaries. If you go do that, that's fine. Just, you know, let me, you know, and different couples will have different ways they work in terms of how much they want to know about what's going on and how much they don't and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but the key is if it's, if it's open and honest and it's all up front and you agree on what you're doing, then as long as it works for you, who the fuck cares? Right. You know, exactly. I, I mean, all the, all the best, all of you. Who the fuck cares? A whole bunch of judgmental pricks. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like if it works for you, awesome. We should be happy. Nobody should be like, oh, I don't approve of Look, that. I, I, listen, I, 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 listen, at one time that I was, I, I was not, uh, in a, I was not in a relationship per se, I, I I one time look it, it, the judgments are harsh. Mm. Okay, I I still remember this one time. Look, I I was out with two girls that I used to hang out with, and uh, you know, I went to this I went to this bar, and um, it and I was there, and this was when I was in Indiana, which is very conservative. Mm. Okay. But I wasn't really, I really didn't care about it. I wasn't thinking about that. And so, well, both girls were ki- were, were kissing me. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, go ahead. So, so, so what happened? Well, this is what happens. One of them goes to the, they go to the bathroom and I'm sitting there and there were four guys, local guys from Indiana. And they came up to me and they were all so offended by this. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my God. It was just, you know, they, look, it's lucky that I knew people there because these guys were pissed, okay, about this. And I'm just like, what the fuck is your problem? Look, they're with me. It's not your, your thing. You know, you guys are all four guys fucking together. I don't see any girls with you. Why are you giving me shit? It's not my fault. And the girls in question obviously weren't bothered by this. They both knew what was... No! You know, so, who cares? Yes! Exactly! Well, apparently these guys in the bar cared. <sighs> Very much so. But it's one of those things where it's like... It, it, people get programmed into their head and we've talked about this like with religious fanatics incel some of these people to commit some of these crimes this entire thing in their head of what the fuck it's supposed to be and other stuff that is like evil right okay and then they wind up getting pissed off at like seeing a gay couple make it out seeing somebody with with you know to make whatever the hell it is they get fucking offended and they're like you know they need to stomp out the the offenders yeah. And so, and yeah, um, th- th- there is a culture war about this kind of stuff. And I know what side I'm on. <laughs> I know which side I'm on too. Yeah. So anyway, 
at okay uh all right let's one more topic one more topic let's take a quick break and we will be back with uh yeah the 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 last topic of the show from me me it only me yes only you okay back after this Okay, we are back. And, you know, to keep it light and relatively short, um, we did have a topic request from one of our listeners, from Ed. Okay. Now, Ed asked us, well, he, he added to our topic list on our Comedians Corner Slack, on movie topics, Eye in the Sky, fantastic flick. But there's one problem with this. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Yvonne? Uh, I've never heard of it. So I can't talk about Eye in the Sky, and neither can Yvonne. What, what, is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, is it? Is it a new movie? Both? Can we? Can we read the wiki and, and like talk about it? Okay. All right. Let's see. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I can't talk about that, but I will talk about another movie. But you can look it up real quick. Eye in the s- sky. It is a 2000 well it's not a recent movie. It well let's let's it is a 2015 British thriller starring Helen Mirren, Aaron Paul, Alan Rickman and oh, get butchered butchered this Barkad Abdi directed by Gavin Hood and written by Guy Hibbert. The only person I've known from this entire list that I've read is Helen Mirren. Everybody else I have no idea. I know Alan Rickman. Okay, well, you're better than I am. The The film explores the ethical challenges of drone warfare. Ah. Oh, no, I don't. I, I just clicked on his link, and he's not who I thought he was, so no, I don't know him. Okay, so no, so, all right, so you, okay. Film began in South Africa, September 2014, so interesting. Okay. Um, I guess I'm not going to read the plot summary, because I'm not going to... Yeah, you know. no, no, don't spoil it. Maybe we'll want to watch this later. And actually, and and actually, I believe Ed actually mentioned this movie and talked about it a little bit last time he was on the show. But uh, okay, uh, but yeah, so I can't talk about that. But I will talk about the next movie on my list to sort of keep it light and quick and all this kind of stuff. Um, which is November. Well, I watched it November fifteenth, twenty twenty, and I'd mentioned before that I was going through this trilogy. Uh, with my son, because it was like, you know, you got to watch this. Uh, it's the Back to the Future trilogy, and now it's time to talk about number two. Oh. Back to the Future 2. Um, dos. And, dos, dos, yes. And so, look, uh, and look, the whole trilogy, the re- you know, like I said, my, my son was into, like, time travel stuff, and this is my son Alex, of course. Um, he, he was making a bunch of comments about time travel stuff last year sometime. And I'm like, okay, we have to watch the back to the future trilogy. You can't be talking about time travel without having seen this. And, uh, so we watched the first one. And then a little bit later we watched the second one. And yes, we did finish, finish the trilogy and I'll eventually talk about that. The second one was the one where they actually went to the future. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, he messed up he went to the future and then one of the people from the future sent uh this comic book about not a comic book it, it was a, a sports almanac. An almanac sports almanac sports almanac uh went back to the past which changed Ray's everything going forward from sports 
Almanac. Yeah, there you go. And so basically, we had this the character of Biff Tannen, who was the bad guy in the first movie, uh, suddenly gets rich and famous because he has all the sports and he bets on all of them for like 20 years. Uh, it just and, makes and, all winners. And, and there are a couple things with that. Yeah, all winners. Um, and one, watching it now, it's incredibly obvious that he was that character in Back to the Future 2 was modeled on Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's like, you know, he acts... Oh, he, yes, of course, the hotels, the, oh, yes. Yes, very much so. Yes, it, it it's clearly Donald Trump. Holy shit, it was. You, you look at it and like, oh, wow, yes, th- there's no question. I mean, because people have made that comparison retroactively, like... Yes. And called Donald Trump Biff Tannen. But actually, it's it's damn clear Biff Tannen was Donald Trump, like, intentionally, when they made the damn movie. Yes. Um, so, that's kind of funny. I, I, I think Back to the Future 2 is actually the best of the three, because it involves a par- plot where... Uh, when uh, Marty, the main character, goes back in time to the 1950s to um, to fix the problem, he's actually re-entering the story of the first movie from another perspective. So you see right. him interacting with what happened in the first movie, and it's really clever, and I like how all the pieces come together and how you see exactly the same events from a little bit different perspective, and now you see that, oh, this other stuff was, you know, was happening sort of in the background. You didn't know it when you watched the first movie or maybe with the timelines changed, whatever. But, you know, I think it's really clever how all of that interacts. And so I think Back to the Future 2 was the peak of the trilogy. I think it was the best one of the three, actually. Um, A lot of people don't like that and actually thought the first one was the best one and they went downhill from there. Uh, But I actually really liked number two because of the as they would put it in Doctor Who, wibbly-wibbly-timey-wimey stuff, uh, where, you know, you, all the timelines were interacting with each other in interesting ways. Um, and and I thought that was really cool, and I liked it. And it was, to me, it was the best of the three movies. Thumbs up. I like it. Uh, uh, most people listening will, of course, have probably already seen the Back to the Future trilogy. Yes. Um, if you haven't, come on. What's wrong with you? Go watch it. Um, if you have watched it, but it's been a long time, uh, watch it again. It's it's worth it. All three are available. You can find them, you know, on all the usual places you get movies. Um, but do watch them as a trilogy. I wouldn't watch Back to the Future Two alone. Like it makes sense in the context of the whole trilogy. Um, and uh, that's almost all I have to say about Back to the Future, except for one other thing, which is I. After the fact, um, it, there's a movie I'm in the middle of right now. It, it's another 80s movie that I'm not going to talk about right now because I haven't finished it. But I started to watch this movie, and uh, I'll reveal what it was. It's Gremlins. I'm watching Gremlins right now. I'm like 20, 30 minutes into Gremlins, uh, and I'm going to, you know, I'm doing the thing where I watch 15 minutes at a time. But I started to watch the movie, and a few minutes in, the main character is like running through the town square or whatever. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait a second. I recognize that town square. Um, and it turns out that the town square in back to the future mm-hmm. 
is actually a commonly used back lot at Universal at Universal Studios that's like in three dozen movies. Ah, many of which you've heard of. Um, and so the 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 square I saw in Gremlins was absolutely exactly the same town square as in Back to the Future, but also interestingly enough was also used in another movie that I've mentioned recently. It was also the town square in To Kill a Mockingbird, which I talked about a few weeks back on the show. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and it's been in a, a bunch of other... Let me real quick. Hold on. Um, so, I, actually, let, let me let me do this. It's actually called Courthouse Square. Um, if you look it up on Wikipedia, it's a back lot located in Universal Studios. The set is composed of several facades that form a archetypal American town square. Um, it was originally built for a 1948 movie called An Act of Murder, um, but is best known for Back to the Future, Gremlins, and To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. But, you know, you also look at the list of places that have used it, both movies and tv um like i'm looking uh down the list starting at the oldest um it was in an episode of it was in leave it to beaver uh it was in uh an episode of the twilight zone uh it was in uh the 1970s incredible hulk series um it was in psycho 2 it was in uh some episodes of simon and simon it was in some episodes of knight rider um uh yeah magnum pi uh sneakers you remember the movie sneakers i remember yes um it, it was in weird science it was in dr quinn medicine woman uh etc 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 my mo- god okay the, the most recent thing it's in uh is something called um rutherford falls which is a current tv series that premiered last month Wow. So, you know, so this is, uh, you know, th- this set, and I-, I was just watching the, uh, I, like I said, I was starting to watch Gremlin, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have seen that square before. <laughs> so I went and looked it up, and I thought that was actually kind of really cool, that, like, this thing that is, is really in cool. so many movies and TV shows. And obviously, they redress it a little bit, so, like, you know, the thing that was a bank in one might be a bakery in another or something like that, uh, and they have different signs, and, you know, they'll make it up to be different times of year, and they'll change little things. But if you just look at where the buildings are and how they're arranged, and, you know, the fact that there's a little you know, square in the middle of with a, a, a bandstand or something. I forget exactly, but you will definitely recognize it. If you watch any of these things in close succession to each other, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's the same place. That That's pretty cool. I, I, I had not realized that and I am going to be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was my last topic. I guess we're done. You know, and someday the, the, the very next movie I'm going to talk about whenever I get to it, is going to be Back to the Future 3. So I'll save that for another short one. <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, that's it. Uh, thanks, everybody. You know, and, and I guess I should do the end of show stuff now. Yeah, end the show. You know, one of these days, I'm going to make you flip it and make you do it all. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, uh, let's do this. So, you know, would you have had McMahon interview the people like a, a, a Johnny Carson? No, that would make no sense. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, every once in a while, Ed could do something <laughs> more. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I guess not because he's dead, but... Well, he's dead. But he could have. Well, he didn't. Ha 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 ha! You want me to add some laughter to you to when you do this? <laughs> there you go. Or or maybe... I, I, I have a better idea. Bring me my publisher's clearinghouse check. Oh, okay, I'll do that. I'll get okay. right on it. Yeah, for, forget forget about the Tonight Show stuff. <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> I'll get right on that. I okay, want one of those right. big blow up giant mock checks for like. I I I I, I can uh, you know I I can make one of those for you, but it's not. I don't think the bank will take it though. I I, I want it cashable, and for <laughs> at, you know let let's say at least seven figures. Oh, okay, okay. all right, and then okay. I'd be okay. You know, okay, all right. By the way, any of the, any of you on Patreon can send that money as well. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to Patreon in a second. Okay, anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, there are a whole bunch of normal ways to do that. Uh, one is Facebook, facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner. You can like the show on there. You can send us comments. You can share the links to your friends and tell other people about the show, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Abulsme, A-B-U-L-S-M-E. Yvonne is at I-M-B-O, I-M-B-O-U. We would love to hear from you there. And if you don't like Facebook or Twitter, and believe me, I understand. You know, especially Facebook. I'm kind of down on Facebook these days. I still like Twitter a lot, but Facebook annoys me a lot. Uh, but anyway, if you don't like those two, uh, you can email us as well. It's feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you in any of those ways. If you really like the show, as Yvonne just mentioned a few seconds ago, you can go to Patreon and give us a donation. Uh, it's it's basically just a tip jar. It's set up to do donations but if you want to give us a one time you can always do a one time and then cancel it or you could just contact us individually we'll happily take you know the big mock checks for however much you want right um, right but uh but yeah if you go to patreon at different monthly levels you can get uh, a postcard us mentioning you on the show a uh a mug all kinds of fun stuff and at two dollars a month or more or just if you're talking to us a lot through the other methods that I mentioned, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, which is a chat room where Yvonne and I and some other listeners, I guess, and some listeners, I mean, we're, I listen to the show sometimes, but I'm like a year I behind. listen to the show sometimes. But. You know, but... Anyway, Yvonne and I and a bunch of other folks are on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack exchanging links and talking about the news of the day and interesting things that we see. Uh, and so, Yvonne, tell us, and, or I should say, and we will invite you to the Slack if you give us money, $2 a month or more. Did I say that already? $2 a month or more or talk to us. Yeah. So, Yvonne, in the last week, what are some things we talked about on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack that we have not talked about on the show? Well, I shared a video clip of a, of a guy who was swapping a Tesla and turning it from electric to uh, V8 powered, uh, which is this, this hilarious at this point. We also, uh, Sam uh, uh, shared a, a Twitter video of an Ohio State senator that thought he was slick and he was using a fake Zoom background, um, but he was actually driving. And, and so, so, and, and he, they were discussing, uh, distracted driving, uh, and, and tougher laws. At, yeah. Uh, at the he hearing was he was attending while driving. At the, uh, yes. Uh, and so, um, 
uh, uh, we also shared uh, uh, how the network, uh, 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 wireless networking stuff that we use, Plume, they came out with some new SuperPod, and it works really, really good, and how it's the best one around there. You guys should try it if you're looking for a solution. So wait, it, it, just, just to be clear, it, it's it's better than the SuperPods you and I already have, so we should, like, upgrade? Uh, it, it, it says that they are, yeah, but, but apparently it does say that the effective speed of them is kind of like the same. I, I, it says that there's a new networking protocol that is coming out that is supported by those super pods. Okay. okay. So if you want to take advantage of that, you have it. Since we have older computers, probably not supported. I didn't really check on that. Bottom line is that to, to you and me probably won't make much of a difference if we already have super pods. But, but we both recommend we both think Plume is great. We, we've we loved yes, their service. Yes. Now, to be fair, both Yvonne and I are grandfathered in. We bought it once. It's now moved to a subscription model. So that right. changes the cost-benefit analysis a little bit. But but what I will say is that the uh, the reason why it's it's worth that money is simply because, you know what, when I have, I've had technical issues, instead of me fiddling with the settings, they go log in remotely, they make the changes, they do everything, they monitor it, they change it, whatever, and fix whatever the hell the problem is. Yeah. So anyway, alright. Uh, so, so that's one thing we shared. Uh, uh, Greg shared that the Indian, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, uh, I think it's the Cricket League, uh, the IPL, uh, uh, had to suspend their tournament. Mm. For, uh, oh, the Indian Premier League. Because, yeah, the 20, 20 cricket uh, tournaments because of COVID. Uh, so that was... Uh, uh, also shared some... a story about some people that had had some really rough time with dealing with, like, car accidents. That uh, that was, like, really bad. And we, uh, you know, so that's that's something... And uh, and how QAnon is uh, struggling with uh, Bill and Melinda Gates' divorce. They don't know what to make of it. <laughs> yeah. And, I- and, and so all sorts of lovely things like that and data on on COVID vaccines and, you know, and other, uh, you know, what's been going on with the, with it. Uh, the news like uh, this Mexico uh, de- uh, train bridge collapse that happened the metro line some of the stuff like that and then again the stuff that we discuss it's all on there on the slack of in-depth articles of all of this stuff and we would love more people to join the slack so you know we need more slackers so we'd love your donation on patreon but if you don't want to do that just just hit us up talk to us in the other ways we talked about uh we would love to have more folks join us there so um Aside from all that, uh, if you know people who would like this show, please tell them about it uh, and encourage them to listen. And if they're and if you have thoughts about the show, please review us anywhere that has podcast reviews and let us know so we know to go read it. We appreciate all reviews, positive, negative, whatever. We'll take the negative feedback. We can handle it. We can handle it. Yeah, uh, we can. You know, our our favorite. I think, I think it's hilarious, but our favorite review at this point uh, was what was it? These these two guys know nothing about anything and right. barely yeah. able to. Talk. I, I forget what they said. Get a but bloody was, editor. Yeah, something like that. It was it was negative, but it was funny, and we enjoyed watching or watching it. We invo- we enjoyed seeing that review. Well, I guess we do watch it with our eyes. Yeah, yeah. I guess we did kind of watch it. Okay, watch, yeah. watch the text. Anyway, that's it. That's our show for this week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, 
stay safe. Hopefully, hopefully only a few months left in the crazy pandemic stuff, uh, at least in the U.S., but, you know, who knows worldwide. Uh, but stay safe, everybody, and uh, enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Later, Yvonne. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye.